there's not many industries that you can um, operate a business mm-hmm. and not need a degree. Yeah. Um, and this is clearly one of them. I think it helps me. Yeah. Um, it helps me because I put a focus on um, marketing. Yeah. Um, I really struggled with that part, though. Why is that? Um, because I'm an as an ind- as an independent broker, mm-hmm. I had to market myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was difficult for me. I, I, and again, we, we kind of talked about this before this podcast. I'm not comfortable. You're going to be a spotlight. I don't like to be the spotlight. Welcome to Agent Success Podcast. If you're a real estate agent looking to succeed in today's crazy market, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we talk with successful real estate agents willing to share their expert insights, trade secrets, and mindset that help them to succeed. There's no fluff just straight to the point content that prioritizes one thing above all, your success. So without further ado, let's cut to the chase. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. I am Tim Chase, your host, where we talk about all things real estate, how to succeed in real estate, and the people behind the success in real estate. And I have a very special guest with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? Uh, Hi, Nicole Strom with the Platinum Group Realtors. And how long have you been doing real estate, Nicole? Um, Almost four years. Almost four years. Okay. What did you do before? Um, I was a stay-at-home mom. Okay. For how long? Um, 18 years. 18 years. Wow. So you you took your kid from zero to 18, and you're like, I've had enough of this crap, and you're you're done? Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. (laughs) Okay, sweet. All the time here in Springs? Um, No, we were an Army family. So um, 13 moves under our belts. Oof. So about every two to three years we moved. So the term PCS doesn't scare you. It just, no. it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. Right. How many children? Um, we have got three. Okay. Yeah. And ages and, and uh, boys, girls? Uh, two boys and a girl. Okay. So 26, 24 and 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a, they're just old enough to act like they don't need you, but still need you. But you just have some freedom. You don't have a little. Yeah. You don't have a little kid hanging on your belt everywhere you go, and That's you have right. a leash going through the grocery store or anything like yeah. that. And I hope you don't have a leash on the, on no. the kids at this point. No, that would yeah. be that would be weird. But that would be very weird. Yeah, yeah. it would be. Yeah. So, uh, what what branch of service? Army. Army. Okay. Mm-hmm. Live anywhere cool? Oh yeah, we lived in a, in several cool places. We hit all southern states, mm-hmm. um, except Florida and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been um, stationed in California twice, Hawaii. And then the best place is here. Okay. Anywhere out of country? Um, no. No. 13 moves. Yes. And you stayed in the U.S.? Yes. Um, wow. Germany, anywhere in Europe, anywhere yeah. overseas was always on our top of our, our top preferred yeah, yeah. list. And you just never got never it? Never got it. Wow. Well, you landed here. How long have you been in Colorado? Um, five years. Five years. Okay. Um, and when you moved to Colorado, so your, your children, your, your youngest was 13 mm-hmm. or so, right? Mm-hmm. And your oldest was just old enough to be out of the house for a couple of years, probably yeah. college or military yeah. or something like that. When you move to Colorado Springs, now you're used to moving. So th- there's, when you, when you move, there's, there's always something that you didn't quite expect. And at least now I don't move a lot, right? In fact, I'm from Southern Colorado. I still live in Southern Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. But when I go somewhere, there's usually something that's different for me. Like if I go visit mm. a new city or a new location, it's, I, I have it in my head of what I think it's going to be like. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. Da, 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 da. It's never exactly what I think it's like. Was there anything in moving to Colorado Springs that was different than what you had anticipated? Um, yeah. Um, so my husband had traveled here because he was Army Space. Mm-hmm. So he'd been in Colorado Springs um, months at a time. Okay. 
So he'd kind of shared about how wonderful and how great it was. So I kind of had an expectation that we were going to love it. Yeah. Um, plus, I really wanted it to because I wanted my adult children to come with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't really uh, anticipate loving it as much as I did. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't know where you were going with that. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, usually it takes about four to six months yeah. to kind of get settled okay. um, and to kind of start going, this is home, right? It, yeah. it, it always takes quite a bit. Um, th- uh, probably not so much the early part of our career because mm-hmm. it was just kind of what ex- was expected. Yeah, but, yeah. but my husband did 31 years, so I was like, "I'm we're at the tail end. Can we be done? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but... I didn't anticipate being able to know as many people as we did here. Oh. I've never lived somewhere, never moved somewhere where I knew people. Oh, you, so so these are people that maybe were stationed somewhere else that you yes. had? Oh, wow. Yeah, that space community. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty large city. Yeah. Um, and we've got several military bases. but Five installations. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't... I didn't know we were going to know so many people and how interconnected this city truly is. Wow, that's really cool. It, it's bizarre to me, and and it, you know I'm not, um, you know I'm not from somewhere else, but you know so I already know people. But it's yeah. interesting here. Um, I lived in Denver, and it was totally opposite. But it, it's I run into people I know all over town, and there's I mean there's like three quarters of a million people in El Paso County, yeah. right? And I still bump into people. Sometimes my wife, when we go somewhere, she's like, please just don't see anybody you know. <laughs> just like, I can know. we just have, uh, like, just like a dinner where you're not walking over to somebody's table? Like, oh, hey, Bob, how you doing? You, you know? You can't do that here. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really it's really bizarre. We went to a um, housewarming. So mm-hmm. we had um, neighbors. Uh, we were stationed at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Um, and so we had several neighbors mm-hmm. that all PCSed at the same time. Um, so we went to an open house um, or a housewarming mm-hmm. for one of our for one of our, our our past neighbors, and we'd been here for about three weeks, and there were forty two people at that that, <laughs> that housewarming, and we knew forty. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I, it, and you were here for how long? For three weeks. Three, holy cow! So it was basically like a reunion of people you know, like oh Mary, Joe, Sally, yes. how you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Um, and of all the places we've lived, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to like pump up Colorado Springs, but yeah. I, I clearly love it because yeah. this is where we, this is where we decided to stay. Um, I've never lived somewhere that was so military friendly, like the city itself. I yeah. mean, everyone in it is pretty friendly, but the city itself really, um, puts forth a lot of effort to mm-hmm. help those incoming military families. Yeah. Um, they, they do um, surveys when they are PCSing away okay. to see like what part of the family process they loved the most, okay. like what they can do better. Yeah, so yeah, interesting. It's a, yeah, yeah. Well, that's really cool. So, um, would you would you say that you specialize in military families, or what, do you have do you have kind of a specialty? Like, what what do you mainly spend your time on? Yeah, um, I'm probably predominantly on the buyer side. Okay. Um, I, I actually ran the numbers about 85% on the buy side. Um, but I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to just niche and mm-hmm. just serve that military family. Although they are like my family, mm-hmm. right? I do want to, um, I do understand um, specifically what that process looks like for them. But that, that can hold true for anyone moving here. Um, whether if they're relocating, mm-hmm. even from a different part of, of the city. Like I had a closing for a client that um, is from Fountain, mm-hmm. and we closed up um, at Capital Title. Yeah. 
And she's like, I've never been past North Academy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She, you're, like, you're like, wow. She goes, wow, the houses are big and they're far apart. And That's like, funny. I feel the same way when I, I live on the west side of town. Uh-huh. And so I get downtown to my office. I'm like, okay, this is comfortable. And I start going east a little bit, and I'm like, okay, Academy, oh, it's getting a little crazy. And I get out to Powers, I'm like, this is bananas. What world am I living in? This is totally nuts, right? But I can get there in 10, 15 minutes, right? So it's not like it's a long drive, but there's so many different areas in yes. the city. And you have Whether everything you need right there yeah. where you work and you live. Which is kind of awesome, yeah, right? You don't, you don't. When I was up in Denver, I remember we were trying to go to Walmart, uh, and my son was born up there. We had lived up there for maybe like five years or something like that. And there was like, this is, you know, before we really had computers. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. computers existed, but we didn't, it wasn't like a normal thing to have, mm-hmm. right? Like, where the heck is Walmart? Like, mm-hmm. like this should be like a normal thing to, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Like, where, the, where, where is this place? And everything was so spread out that, yeah, you had like little shopping centers and stuff, but the, the main living stuff was so spread out, it was hard to hard to really exist in some areas too much. Whereas here, like on the West side, I can get anything I need, like a Costco, uh, but I'm still kind of like way up against the mountains. Now, if I'm way over on the East side, um, you can still, they have, they have, you know, it's like everything's kind of separate. You have a a section over there. And if you're in Fountain, you can come up Powers and you can get to, I'm using Costco as an example, right? Mm But um, if you're up North, you can come down Powers, you can come down I-25 and exit on the vet. So like, it's easy to get, a lot of different places. Have you ever been uh, um, on top of Pikes Peak and looked at how the roads travel in no. Springs? Have you ever been up Pikes no. Peak? <gasps> You've never been up Pikes I'm scared Peak. Scared of heights. And so really? Eric's been up several times. That's my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about the drive up and the drive back. Mm-hmm. And I like no. I, I would be especially. Yeah. No. What you, What you need to do when you go up there. Because you definitely. I hear have to the go up donuts there. are really good up there. Yeah, at the, at the ranger station. Yeah. 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 So when you when you're going up, your mind is going to mess with you a little bit because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm on top of this huge mountain. If, so I've ridden my bike oh, on, wow. on that road probably a hundred times. Right. Hmm. What you realize when you stand out on the road, it's a huge road. Like it's 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 way bigger than a normal two lane road. Yeah. But when you're driving, you're like, oh, it, yeah. it's like it's psychologically it's yeah. freaking you out. So if you just pull over somewhere, you get out and you walk around, you're like, there's a lot of space here, like a lot of space. When you get to, what is Treeline? 11, 12, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to Treeline, it's cool because it just, everything just cuts off. Yeah, it just cuts off and it's like you're on Mars. And there's just these rolling hills of rock. There's some barments that pop up from time to time. Mm -hmm. All the trees just dead. so at the top, what are the li- what do the lines look like for those so roads? Is it? It's interesting, and it, it, you have to you have to look for a minute. But you'll notice all of the ma- the the original part of Colorado Springs, all the roads are going directly towards mm-hmm. Pikes Peak, east west, which is south. which is very interesting, right? Because when you're here, it's like you're winding all over the stinking place, you know, on the roads, but. All the main roads like Platte and Bijou and Pikes Peak and all those, it's going directly toward Pikes Peak, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You should go up there sometime. Yeah, I'll have to. Not I just for the donuts. I don't I'll think they. I don't view. think they sell real estate up, uh, up on Pikes no. Peak though. No, yeah. they don't. I think they have a ranger station that checks your brakes because when people ride their brakes when they come down, so the brake fluid heats up, and then it get air bubbles in it, and their brakes will fail. 
So oh. they well, actually see, now I'm not gonna go. No, but check this out. They, they take this. They take this uh, heat gun, and I used to. It was like this challenge. I, I would. I would like I'd tell my wife because we, we used to go up there all the time, right? I just loved the mountain. I don't know why. There's, yeah. there's, there's. Well, it's beautiful. There's fishing. There's, uh, there's mountain biking. You can come down tree line and pop into Manitou. There's lots of different things you can do there. But I used to have like this personal challenge of like, how cool can my brakes be when I when I get to the ranger station? Like, because they'll take oh. a heat gun and they'll aim oh. it at your brakes on your front wheels. And if you and if it's a if certain it's, temperature, if it's too hot, they tell you pull over for an hour or half hour or whatever it is. Whereas, um, if you're using your downshifting, then it kind of it doesn't, you know, it doesn't heat up so much. You should, you should go up there. It'd be a lot of fun. So what was the, the goal that you had to never have to pull over? You said that you had a challenge to yourself. Challenge to have the coolest brake, but not coolest, like cool, but like yeah. coolest in temperature wise. I would never have to pull over, but I wanted them to just be like, I want the air to cool them down enough to where I wasn't touching my brakes. So I was trying to use the, the yeah. engine to actually mm-hmm. cool it down. So you, do you have a, a manual then? No. Oh. Well, I mean, we, I do own a manual, but this wasn't a manual. Okay. This was, this was in a, this was in a forerunner. Mm. That I we actually bought a Forerunner when my son was born in two thousand three. We still have the Forerunner; it has three hundred thousand miles on it, and we actually gave it to him when he was sixteen. So he came home from the hospital in the car, and he's shows you a little bit of frugal behavior, I guess. (laughs) Just pass it down to him, like, hey, take care of it. It it makes sense. Yeah. So when you, uh, what part of town do you live in first? We live up in Monument. Up in Monument. Okay. Um, When you are doing real estate, do you have a preferred area that you, like if somebody says, hey, where should I live in? Because so, let's say you're dealing with military, right? Yeah. Now you're going to have a preference. We all have preferences, right? But you have to be careful as a real estate agent. Like, yeah. where should I live? What's the best area to live in? Because there are some questionable areas and there's some very right. good areas. How would you answer that to somebody? It really depends on if, if they're, because for me and for our family, every time we PCS'd or every time we moved, it was about schools. So mm. it really depends on the, on the family and the individual that's purchasing. So um, do they have kid, school-age kids? Mm-hmm. And are schools that, that priority for them? And at that point, we, we, I, I typically go from there. So if they don't have school-age kids, it's typically about the, how much of a commute that they want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's center, like where they work. Yeah. And then we work out from there. So do you ever let them know that in Colorado Springs you can choice into schools? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can kind of live where you want and kind of go to the school district you want. Absolutely. I, I don't know if anybody who's ever <coughs> been denied the, the choice in. The only time you ever get denied is if you're asking for, for Cheyenne. Um, they, oh, down yeah. by Broadmoor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're you. full. They, they don't. They don't allow cho- they don't allow choice in. Really, I mean, I didn't know that. I don't, I'm not going to say that they're full, so they right. can't uh, they can't keep those openings. So my son went to Air Force Academy, or, uh, Air Academy High School, yeah. and we had to choice in because we live in D11, and that's D20. And so when we went to the school and talked to them, the principal's like, "Choice in, choice in, but you're guaranteed to get in." I was like, yeah. "Well, you would think it'd be a little more difficult." Like, no, and it's kind of interesting. That's the only high school. In America, at least I was told this, it's the only high school in America that's actually on a military installation. I'm trying to think. Um, like a public high school. Because typically we've we've lived a couple um, a couple of places where they did have, they were typically Department of Defense mm-hmm. schools that were on, on base. Um, but we did have one in Georgia, in Augusta, Georgia. Um, and it was a public school, but it was only an elementary. I've never oh, known interesting. a high school. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Or a middle. It's or been an school. elementary, but, but never... And I think that's just because then it's a little bit easier for, uh, like, single-income families or family with just one vehicle uh, to be able, to, you know, 
to be there to either pick kids up because if they live close enough to mm-hmm. the school, they don't allow busing. Mm. So, um, so anyway. Well, I just thought that I think that's interesting in Colorado because I love a lot of people that come in that are moving here and they ask about school leaders are going to like. Yeah. Wherever you want to go. It is. Um, you just have to provide transportation. Yeah. So well, I think, so District 20 had one where we could drive. They had oh. an out-of-district they had an out of district bus stop a couple spots through the city. Yeah. So you had to drive to a certain bus stop, and then they would pick them up. But you had to get there so stinking early. I was like, okay, screw that. Was it like a drop-off line? Yeah. Almost, it was, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. But getting on, the, on base in the morning is difficult as well. Let me ask you a couple of real estate questions. Okay. Um, do you work with a team or on a team? Um, no, I'm a single agent. Okay. And did you ever work on a team? No. Oh, right out of the gate, just yeah. solo. Yeah. Well, I got my license in January, uh, January of 2020. Okay. So, um, and then, uh, around and then May or April and, <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, yeah. uh, and that March we, we closed down. So that really kind of, um, not that I'm ever going to say that it was a lucky time mm-hmm. uh, for me, for my career, but it gave me that time to kind of focus. Cause we, you know, I mean, we were still essential, you know, but, um, we didn't really have a lot of clients at that time. So it allowed me to kind of uh, figure out those processes, um, um, take a lot of online classes, and try to figure out this business because uh, that's, the, that's the hard part is because you can take the class, uh, get your license, but knowing how to operate your business is completely different. So let me ask you that. Um, we, we generally only have our podcast with successful agents, Okay. And when we are talking to them, there's usually something that they've discovered that allows them to be successful. Mm. And meaning, uh, I've heard every answer you can imagine, but it could be a lot of different things, right? It could be uh, like, what is my one essential thing I have to do? Does that kind of make sense? Like if I'll put it differently for you. You've been doing this four years. You have success. If you were to go to a new place or start over today, what one activity or one something actually defines and, and helps you succeed? Mm, that's kind of a hard question. Does that kind of make sense? Well, well, what? okay, then what if you removed this one item, you would fail? Is it a software? Is it an activity? Is it, oh. a, is it a time blocking? Is it a, what is it? So um, I've got a marketing degree, so I have okay. a marketing background. So um, everybody should go to school and get a bachelor's. Before no, okay. no, they shouldn't. <laughs> it doesn't, it does that, that doesn't impact it's, There's not many industries that you can, um, operate a business mm-hmm. and not need a degree. Yeah. Um, and this is clearly one of them. I think it helps me. Yeah. Um, it helps me because I put a focus on, um, marketing. Yeah. Um, I really struggled with that part though. Why is that? Um, because I'm an, as an, ind- as an independent broker, mm-hmm. I had to market myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was difficult for me. I, I, and again, we, we kind of talked about this before this podcast. I'm not comfortable. You're going to be a spotlight. I don't like to be the spotlight. Well, and, and as a real estate agent, um, that is a difficult thing for a lot of people. They want to help and they're really good at real estate. They connect very well with people, mm-hmm. but they don't want to go onto Instagram and Facebook and say, look at me, look what I did, look at my mm-hmm. accomplishments. Instead, they want to connect to the person, help them individually. And um, they're like, in my opinion, like ninja agents, right? Mm-hmm. They're quietly going about their business and having success at it, helping one family at a time as much as they can and not going out and just having a big 
circus show on social media. Yeah, that's not me. You don't have a circus show on social no, media? No. Do, where, do, where do you advertise? Um, so I, I do have a, a website that does all my posts for me. So, okay. So thank goodness. Um, they, now, do you, have to, does, do you have to tell what posts, uh, what to post? Um, no, it, it'll do anything. So, um, um, and then, it, you know, I think it's KCM, I think is mm-hmm. uh, Keeping Current Matters. Yeah. Um, so, but if I, so I do post, um, I, I do on my Google My Business page. Um, I try to do um, updates and I'll do it on my Facebook business page. Okay. But I don't like to. Post so, K, but KCM is more like national stats yes. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, you're not doing a lot on social media then? No. Okay, so this is now 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 we're starting to get into the fun, the nitty no. gritty of this. Okay, yeah. so if you're not doing a lot, and are you buying leads? No. Okay, you're not buying leads. Mm-mm. So a lot of people are going to wonder. Okay, you know we, we hit this boom where everybody, you know everybody became a real estate agent or a loan officer in the last like four years, right? Like like mm-hmm. now, let me take that back. Three and a half years. You were before the trend, mm-hmm. right? So it was like basically COVID hits. We come around the end of the summer of 2020 and everyone's like wait rates are like two and a half house prices are going up people are selling i watch a lot of hgtv i can do this that's right right like i can do this and that created a flood of people coming in and then april of last year jerome powell and the and the federal reserve decided to raise interest rates to kind of hold off inflation mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we have uh a lot of loan officers going out of business, mm-hmm. a lot of real estate agents struggling, and yet you're still plugging along. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing what they tell you to do, which is go on to Instagram. You need to be doing TikTok, Nicole. Yes. That's what you need to be doing. I don't have TikTok. Don't you don't know. even own TikTok. I don't. No. no, neither do I. And anytime I, I click on something like mm-hmm. on, on, on Facebook um, that requires me to go, I, I click off. So I'm like, no, I'm good. I did the same thing. Um, so <laughs> my, I, my son sends me TikToks of some time. Like if it doesn't open in a web browser, I'm like, forget it. I know, it. I can't do it. Um, so I I think I was in a very unique position. Um, we had always been, um, I had I had ran a business from mm-hmm. home for like 12 years. Um, so you, you told me you were a stay-at-home mom, but really you were out hustling. Not really. Okay. Um, I hustled when my kids were at school and when they went to bed. Um, but that's the ultimate hustle. It is the ultimate hustle. I was, there's no two ways about it. Very tired, a lot of coffee. Um, but, um, I, when I, for me, Mm -hmm. I think, um, when I had that aha moment was like, everyone said, you, you need to share what you do. Okay. You need to tell people what you do because how can they trust you? Mm -hmm. Right. How can they use you if they don't know what you do? Which is it's difficult, it's, right? It's diff. It's it's absolutely true. If they though. can't find you online, who is this person? Right. What is going on? Um, and the best advertising is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So I, but I didn't believe in myself when I first got my license. I think majority of us kind of feel like self doubt. Self doubt. Um, I heard "fake it till you make it" so many times. I thought that's stupid. Yeah. Like, why would you ever fake it till you <laughs> make it in a process where someone is d- depending on you for the largest financial purchase they've ever made in their life? Yeah. There's financial and legal ramifications. Don't worry, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm. <laughs> that's right. But I'm your girl. I'm a like, good actor. I was a thespian in high school. I got this. I know, yeah. right? It just yeah. it just felt <laughs> wrong. And so I dug deep in educating myself as much as I could, not just 
in the real estate realm, right, as far as what a realtor, you know, comes up to, I wanted to understand all the industries that support. Um, so I'm subscribed to Housing Wire and mm-hmm. I'm MBS Highway and all these. You actually subscribe to that? Yeah, I do. Oh, you wow. Can, you can as a realtor, yeah. It's, well, I know you can as a realtor, but most people don't. Oh, man. In fact, is, most LOs don't and they, sh- they, they, they it's shocking. Oh, my God. They're, the programs that they have on there, yeah. um, I use them all the time. Are you talking about like the... Uh, uh, bid over ask calculators, yes. stuff like that. Aren't those yeah. awesome? They are. I mean, they're not really, we're not really relevant now. They were two years ago. They were, yeah. but I have actually used it even now. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a um, a listing that um, that closed in May, and we listed at seven ninety and went at eight sixty one. So, but it's a neighbor. Wow. It's a, it's a neighbor. So I, you know, wanted them. They made a comment, mm-hmm. and about feeling like they had spent too much. Hmm. And I thought, okay, I need them to feel comfortable in their yeah. home, right? Um, even though I wasn't the buyer's agent, I was the listing agent on yeah. that one. Um, and so I did the bit over, bit over ask mm-hmm. and showed them, like, at what point at year three, that's with estimated gains in our market. Yeah. At year three, you're going to be good. Yeah. So even if you did, feel did you buy this house to be in here for a month, or did you buy this house no, to be in here for a long time? It's long term. If you got a long-term gain plan and it's three years or more, it really does. And I'm not just saying that because well, of what I do. Well, I find that interesting. That, well, a lot of people, when they they go to buy a house, they – and I know you need to be worried about the investment or when rates go up or when values go up or down and they already own a house. They get really caught up on, um, you know, I overpaid by $10,000. Well, the house is worth exactly what the market will bear. Right. It, the appraisal – does I mean that's nice? It's like a justification point. Um, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, that's nice. But what will the market pay for that? That's the value. So when you paid eight sixty for that house, you paid the going rate for that house. That's like going to the gas station, paying four bucks a gallon, and then the next day it's three eighty nine. You're like, I got screwed. That's right. No, you didn't get screwed, dude. They're like that. That was that's the going right. rate at the time, right. right? And the other part of that is you don't actually ever lose in real estate until you sell. And that's, uh, you know, a common thing to be said. But when I bought my house right before, um, it was 2006, into 2006, so right before we had a big recession, right? I don't know if you've heard about that, but it was yeah. pretty devastating. It was pretty devastating. <laughs> so we bought, the, we bought the house and everybody's values dropped. Now on the east side of town, the values dropped significantly more. And that's when I came to the realization that the maturity level of trees in the yard will dictate the, vul- the um, I don't want to say vulnerability, but the, uh, it'll dictate the, how, how quickly it'll raise or fall. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a little twig of a tree, and it sounds silly, but when I looked around the city, everywhere that had old, mature landscaping, mm-hmm. so to speak, like downtown, they Those lost weren't some. Impacted. They yeah, weren't impacted yeah, they lost much. some, but they weren't. They didn't lose eighty thousand dollars like you did in a new community, right? Which I find that that kind of interesting. But when I bought it, we still lost. Even though I bought an old house, we still lost value in our house, and that stayed that way for like five years. Mm-hmm. And I had several people tell me, "Well, you should just sell your house." And it, I'm like, "Well, the payment's exactly the same as what it was before. If the value had gone up a hundred thousand dollars." It payments still the same. Payments I don't have any more money. The house, the electricity costs the same. 
So it's just, it's a big mental game that you're playing of how that what the market's going to bear, but it doesn't really make a huge impact unless you plan on selling or That's unless right. you plan on buying. Unless you have to. Yeah. And then if you have to, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you don't you don't yeah. have that option, right? I mean, My, it's kind of yeah. like when you when you mention about the, the mature trees. That's true. It's just the same with real estate too. Like, you know, you can either plant that tree, you can buy now, or you can buy later. Like it's it's it, you know, um, for me, if someone has even a short term goal, right? Um, if it's less than three years, right? I'm I'm one of those real estate agents that's going to say maybe it's best for you if you're a young couple mm-hmm. and you're starting your career and you're not sure if this is the town for you, maybe you should rent because rent that's does because rent does or renting a home. Everyone says that's 100 percent interest. Yes, you're right. But it is providing the one thing that it's supposed to do, and it's providing shelter. I know. I, I've seen, I've seen wealth advisors um, tell you to rent. I've seen. I did a loan for a doctor one time, and uh, he did a ten-year loan, and he's like, he's like, I just want to get this thing paid off. He's like, I, he's like, I am considering selling this and just renting. He's like, I don't really like being. I don't really like. Like, I have to make my payment anyway, and I don't really like being tied down like this. He wanted this. the flexibility. He said, uh, his thoughts was, hey, something goes out, water heater goes out. I call the landlord. I don't have to call the electrician. I don't have to meet him. I don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that. It's just, hey, <laughs> you know, miss property manager, take care of this. Me right. my, you know, or, or I'm going to get it fixed. You reimburse me, whatever. But it allowed a lot more freedom. And I do find that kind of interesting when uh, most real estate agents, vast majority of real estate agents that I've talked to will say, uh, including, you know, you'll catch me saying this from time to time is, when's the best time to buy a house? Yesterday. When's the next best time? Today. Hold on to that asset, right? And hold on to it. But I have talked, you're the second one in a week that I've talked mm-hmm. to that said, it may not be right. Let's investigate this. Let's see if, and he actually, the guy I was talking to last week, he told me he got hung up on by, um, he's, he's retired Air Force. And uh, a couple had been here for a year and a half. They're going to get PCS in a year and a half. And he said, I, he's like, I talked to him and, and they, they said, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to get PCS. We know we're going to get PCS. And he um, said, what do you plan on? You know, you want to be a landlord. We could rent this. No, no, not really. And after talking to him, for he's like, hey, it may not be the best thing for you to buy. It's like, I would love to sell you a house, but I'm just telling you, it might not be the best plan. Like by the time you recoup your VA funding fee that's right, and the realtor fees to sell later, you're actually, it really might not. He said they got mad. They told him we're going to call an agent that actually wants to help us. Mm-hmm. And they hung up on him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I wanted to help. I thought I was helping you, you know, by, by actually giving them real advice. They just wanted to be a homeowner. And that, that does come with a little bit of a, uh, uh, that's a tricky ground, it right? It is tricky. So if they're, if they're hell-bent on buying, do you still help them? Yes, and it's hard. So um, I I guess because I'm a mom and, and I do have adult children, I don't, I don't feel like if I've got a young client, I kind of have, uh, I probably do take more of a maternal 
view with yeah. them <laughs> than I probably should. And this is the thing uh, that I've come to realize, and it was just this past January, is that because I had a client that um, I had showed a couple of properties. They had been working with a lender. Um, they She wanted to purchase some investment properties. Um, and I'm like, transition your current home. Mm-hmm. She had like 2.6 um, uh, 2.6 interest rate. I'm like, transition to an investment property, yeah. right? That's the advice that I would take. That's yeah. the advice I gave her. Um, but she wanted to sell it. And she wanted to be able to um, take the proceeds from that and then purchase. Um, Use it for a different. She wanted for a different property. She was probably looking for a duplex or a fourplex. Yeah. And so um, she ended up listing that house with another agent. And it's because I wasn't telling her what she wanted to hear. So you weren't lying to her. I wasn't lying to her. You weren't telling her the lie that she wanted to hear. That's what she wanted to hear. Yeah. So that came, I kind of realized at that point that I can guide and advise, Mm -hmm. but Ultimately, my job is to help them accomplish their goals. That's ve- that's an interesting insight. Um, I think a lot of, to truly get to that point, I think a lot of people have, uh, a lot of real estate agents have a hard time because what they'll do is they'll either go on like, okay, you know, I'm going to help you buy, I'm, I'm going to help you buy this house. I'm help you, no matter what, like, let's get into a house. Yeah. And then other times, I think when they get into that advisory role, they, and, and this happens in loans a lot, is... Um, we'll get into an advisory role and we'll, we'll talk about maybe buying a rate down or we'll talk about refinancing or something like that. And in your head, and you, you say to yourself, this isn't a good deal. This isn't the best use of your money. Why do you want to buy down to a four and a half interest rate when it's going to cost you X amount of dollars? It's going to take you forever to break even where let me show you a better break even point And then you take that extra 10 grand and you go invest it somewhere. Yes. Like, but then... Then all of a sudden, they are like, but I want a four and a half interest rate. Yes. The other bank said they'd give me a four and a half. So now you have to you have to step back and say, okay, I'm not going to hardline and tell them they're making a poor financial decision. That's right. But at the same time, I'm not going to say absolutely. That's right. So know, it's, it's, a, hard. it's a strange balance, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it is. Um, but coming to that, it was in January. Whenever she, whenever she um, had another agent list her property, mm-hmm. um, they did end up selling it, um, which makes me sad because I, I know that was her ultimate goal. Yeah, um, was to sell that property and then be able to probably more than likely buy a duplex or a fourplex. Yeah, she wanted to use that VA, uh, you know, she sure. wanted the full use of that VA availability, um, but she didn't get to accomplish her goal. So, um, but that was whenever I realized, like, just because I may think I know what's best for them. And that's, that's that's not my job. That's an interesting thing. I've done, I've done refinances for people where I'm going to save them, say $300 a month. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost $2,500 in closing costs and they're going to be in their house for 10 years. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is probably the best financial move you can possibly make right now. And they're like, well, let me think about it. What is there to think about? And then other times I've gone, I've, I've, I've saved somebody like $32 a month. They're like, yes. I'm like, no, this is not a good, but at the same time, ultimately it's their choice, but you have to, you do have to guide properly on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and this is, was pretty hard for me to realize, um, we're commission based. Yeah. So there is that even if they've been personally referred and their friend used us and said mm-hmm. that, you know, they're great, like you can trust them, you know, they took really good care of our family. There's that apprehensive, you know, they, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to kind of cross that line to where they're listening to what we've heard, what we're saying, but we know it. 
yeah. backwards and forwards. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. So this is a different viewpoint of a, a product like a refinance that yeah. they've possibly never done before. Yeah. So uh, it's and they've used the Google machine to be educated. Yes, and and their and their in laws and everybody yes. else that has something to say about it. I mean, that's kind of what we find in our market right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it, a, it people is. are listening to everyone, but those of us. Okay, so you it. you subscribe to MBS Highway. Yes, then that means that you are at least on top of things enough to realize that you you will see a week later or three days later news. Yes. stuff come out and you're like, well, well that, that's like three days old and it's already shifted. Yes. Why, why, it, but they use big, you know, seven catchy phrases. Yeah, yeah, seven yeah, to ten days later. Isn't that bizarre? It is. Yeah, it's it's just, it, you can't you can't rely on that. You can't. It's, it's very, very dangerous to rely on that. Let me ask you another real estate question. Um, if you could, you know, because you were a new agent four years ago and you had some, you know, you had some success. Did you, there's two levels of this question. The first question is, did you have any personal struggles that made you think maybe this isn't the best thing for me? Mm-mm. No, just no all, in. all in. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Second part of that question. You have a new agent that comes in, right? That new agent comes in. What are you going to tell them? What do you have to do? You, to ha- you have to educate yourself. Okay. You have to know everything. Uh, and then more. Okay. Give me an example. Like, how, do, how, how does a new agent educate themselves? Like, what did you do? Um, I read a lot. Okay. I read a lot. Um, and I wanted to know kind of like, you know, of course, I don't know any anything close to what I need to know for the mortgage industry. But I wanted to know about title, too. Yeah. Like, the one thing that I think that um, I could see, because um, at one point I was a marketing consultant, is big picture. I wanted to take a step back and look at this industry big picture. So... I don't know another industry. Hmm. There might be some, and I just haven't come across them. Whereas real estate agents, we both compete and we collaborate at the exact same time. Interesting. We do. How do you mean? Well, no, I guess you have to because you're you're on you're on a you're you're competing for business, but simultaneously you have to have a good transaction of fiduciary responsibility to do that for your clients, and you're dealing with somebody who maybe you competed with last week. That's right. And they may have, t- I mean, do they take great offense to you winning or did you take offense to losing or something like that, right? We all have friends, right, that know several, several agents, right? So, I mean, we do. We all, I mean, I've got several friends um, that I've referred other agents to before I got my license. And I know that puts them in a pickle. Mm-hmm. Like, who do I choose? Yeah. Do I choose my friend or do I choose the agent that she referred me? So, at that point. Neither. Neither. That's what I tell them. I'm like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Because to me, if someone chose someone else, to me, it's not that I'm not good enough for them to trust me to help Mm -hmm. them because I know that. Right. Um, To me, I look at and view it as they value my friendship more than a business transaction. And because I have a business background, it is business. It should never be personal. No one should ever choose someone that's like, I don't know, choosing someone because you're friends with them to... uh, you know, be op- orthodontist or something. Yes. Well, I, I think that I think most people choose people because they because they are friends, uh, or because they they have a comfort level of some sort yes. with them, right? And uh, because if you think about it, if we were pure, if you we are purely a commoditized business, meaning just dollars and cents, you would go online and you would pick uh, somebody to list your house for eighteen dollars, 
right? And hey, I'm going to put it on the MLS. But you want a higher level of service than that, right? You want a convenience service as well, a convenience fee, so to speak. You want somebody who knows the area. You want somebody who's... So now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, it's not just pure dollars and cents. So I have to free myself up and I have to trust the person. And because I'm going to be, I guess, nervous maybe, I've never sold a house, I've never bought a house, whatever the case may be, I want somebody that I feel confident and comfortable talking to that I can speak the same language on. So if I if I get with somebody who's very, um, very like direct, you're going to buy this house, it's a great investment. And I'm a little bit, you know, well, I want to, yeah. I don't really like the guy that much, right? Like I need somebody to speak my language and help me understand it. It's a comfort level yeah. because even if you have to, to buy or sell, even if you're moving or, or relocating um, and you have to, I guess I've always had like a little bit of a different perspective because we did move every couple of years yeah. and we didn't have a choice. Yeah. You know, um, I it's like, guess what? You're moving. That's oh, right. And wow. this is where you're going and you're going to love it. Oh, right. By the way, uh, check in dates. This day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so I've kind of always had a little bit of a different perspective on moving. It's pretty hardcore. If you think about it, just you just made me think about that. Like, Hey, you're going to move on this day, be there here and you're going to love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, home was always kind of temporary. Yeah. So it was about establishing my kids in school and making them comfortable mm-hmm. and then making the best of it. So, um, I worked pretty hard. We always volunteered, mm-hmm. um, in the schools and, and my husband, our kids were always in sports. So we always took pictures or we or helped coach and, yeah, yeah. and all those things. Cause we just wanted to kind of give back to those yep. communities. Cause we we're like, love us. You yeah, know, because yeah. I'm army, trying to love it. I need you to love it. I yeah. need you to love it. And and that kind of helps. Right. Um, when you feel connected to your community, um, it does impact how you feel about being there. So how does how does um, a uh, somebody getting PCS here? How do they get in touch with the right agent? Because there's a lot of people that just get a designation and, and kudos to them for getting the designation. That's great. I don't have the designation. Well, I don't sell real estate either, but yeah. Great that they have it, right? They're doing the best they can with where they're at. But there's a different level of understanding when you've moved 13 times with three children over 30 years and you understand that. How, how does a, uh, a PCS person coming in, how do they get in touch with the right people? Like where do they need to search? Where do they look? How That's do they hard. find that? They can't really... It's, it's- because people pay to be on base to advertise, so you think yes. that that's the right one. People get the MRP or whatever veteran special, so they think that's the right one. And maybe they're very good. I don't know. But if I wanted to, I would want to, I mean, it's like talking to a financial investor. I want somebody who's actually investing. That's right. Right, somebody who, who, who is up and down with the market. So how do they get in touch with somebody like that? Um, it's hard. So this, the Colorado Springs does a really good job. They have a, a website that lands. Um, I've got a, a friend. Her name's Jessie. She just um, she was a special assistant to the mayor. Uh, she just took over a job, and she's going to be, um, I think it's the military liaison. Okay. So Colorado Springs really does a good job um, and really puts forth a lot of effort mm-hmm. to to help those incoming, right? Yeah. And those that are here, um, those whether they're active duty, retired, um, mm-hmm. or just veterans, they really do a good job of having a lot of resources. The problem is, is getting that resource into the hands of the people that are coming. Mm. Um, it's pretty difficult. So yeah. there is a there is a, a website that you can go to, and from that you can scroll through um, and find all kinds of resources. But real mm. estate agents and lenders are not going to be on there. We don't advertise on that. Um, it's just about the resource. Yeah. So for anyone that um, 
is coming here, whether they're military or just relocating, if they do have a resource, a friend or mm-hmm. a family member or someone here, um, it's really reaching out to them, saying, who's the best, you know, who are the best brokerages, you know, um, anyone that you've ever worked with. Because that that word of mouth, which mm-hmm. is the best advertising, we, yeah. we know that. We can advertise sure. independently if we want to. But really, um, a lot of hurdles um, are already, you know, already crossed. Would it, would it be advised or reasonable for a veteran that's moved, that's getting moved to Colorado Springs and they've never lived here before. Maybe it's their first house, maybe it's their fifth house, whatever, but they're, they're moving here. Would it be advised for them to call different brokers? You work, you work for platinum, mm-hmm. right? To call different brokerages and say, do you have an agent with X amount of experience that has been PCS with their family? Yes. That could, to me, that would be yes. it, like, I'm getting a, now I know I'm getting a seasoned real estate agent and I know that I'm going to get somebody who has lived what I'm living. Absolutely. That when, when I took the MRP designation, um, it was, I got my license in January. Um, and I took that, that MRP in February. Um, Right out of the gate. Well, you know what you're going after. Let's let's go. Right. Um, and I was really shocked. There were about 74 agents in that class. Um, and, um, which, which indicates and shows you something else too, right? That there were a lot of people that are wanting to help those incoming. Um, but what was shocking to me, it was only those that were prior military or military spouses that seemed to have this understanding because they would be like, yeah, it's really weird. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I'll work with them, but they only come in and they want to get it all done in a weekend. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all they've got. Yeah. They have a weekend. They got, they flew in getting this crap figured out. Yeah. Block it off for them. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, like you might have to miss a kiddo's ball game, and I hate that. Yeah. I will do but, it. But they have a weekend. That's, that's, that's what that particular job takes at that particular time. Absolutely. Right? We, um, so one of our, we were moving from California. We were supposed to go to North Carolina. Um, and our orders got changed in route. So we had four, just at four weeks, we had four weeks in one day. Right, so we had to report to Huntsville, Alabama, and I literally hopped up on Zillow and I looked at a couple of homes and I called the agent, really straight off of Zillow. Huh. This was like this was about well about eighteen years ago, yeah. and um, I, I called and I said, "Hey, um, we just got orders. Um, I don't even have tickets, but um, is this house still available for sale?" And she said, yes. She goes, do you have an agent? I'm like, no. And she's like, well, I'd love to help you or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I'm not sure when I can call. Let me hang up with you, and I'll call and see when I can get flights. Yeah. So that was a Wednesday. So I flew in on Friday. Um, we uh, con- we submitted an offer on Saturday, um, and then I flew out on Sunday. Holy cow. Right? I mean, and that's just. That's what it takes. And so had that agent not been willing to do that and say, well, no, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't help you, uh, you know, what, well, let's go look at it Monday or the, yes. it's, well, no, I literally have 48 hours to tour houses, find a house, see what part of the city I want to live in, make an offer, counter the offer, be done and get back home. And come back home. Wow. That's crazy. That's right. So I think, um, if someone is moving here, whether they're military or not, mm-hmm. um, working with someone, call those brokerages, right. Yeah. Or do some, you know, you can go on their websites yeah. and kind of scroll through a lot of websites. A lot of brokerages will have bios on each one of the yeah. agents. So just kind of do your research there, um, to see, um, if you think that they would be a good fit. So where, where, what part of the country do your kids live in? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, they're all in Colorado. They're all in Colorado. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 
Now, this next question is slightly loaded, so I don't know how oh. you're, you're going to answer it. Okay. Um, no. Do, <laughs> just no. Um, no. Do you, Yellow. Do you have, do you want any of your children to be real estate agents? Would you want them to do that? I've got one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, and is it in Springs or where are they? Where are they? Yeah, he's okay. in the Springs. Um, and that's kind of a loaded question, too, because um, I don't know if he'll ever listen it, but Evan, I'm talking about you. Um, <laughs> if they all wanted to. Evan, she, Evan. she wants to help Evan. I want to I help Evan. <laughs> Anyone wants to help Evan. Um, I would love, that That would probably be, it would be my family, it would be the only team that I would probably feel Interesting. Um, and that's not that, um, um, this is going to be loaded. Yeah, it is. Okay, I might have to get a little I, more comfortable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going with this question yeah, a little bit, too. Um, a lot of times with team setups, mm-hmm. it is about helping specifically those new agents. Okay. Right. They don't know how to lead in. They don't yep. know how to get business. Yep. Um, and those team leads um, help that. They they generally have mentorship programs. And this is how um, I've al- they're successful, those team leads. And this is how it was how I was successful. And they create these processes and everyone on the teams follows that process. Um, so um, the information and the guidance is there. But I think that's slightly flawed in that. Not everyone operates the same way. And very few people operate the exact same way. There, there's some procedural stuff that, that can obviously be passed to a lot of people, yes. but it's this is a very humanized business. It's very humanized. Yeah. There's so much emotion, right? Yeah. So I think um, uh, I took, um, I actually took it twice. It was a, uh, um, uh, a business planning class mm-hmm. that I took from Steve Perry. Okay. And um, we, before we took the class, we had to make a promise of what we were going to, what we were going to make in that, in that 90 day period. And I was like, I'm not signing that because I can't guarantee I can do that. I don't push. Yeah. Yeah. I provide. Ooh, right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can't push yeah. because once you push, then you're a salesman. Yeah. And I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. Well, I, you are, but you're just a good one. I, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I, to me. I just want to provide a service yeah. and, and I want to be a resource, those two things. Um, and as long as I continue to do those two things, uh, I've been fortunate enough that um, I've loved all my clients and served them well enough to mm-hmm. where um, they continue to refer me. So, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but with, but with those teams um, truly, and I would recommend this to probably any agent, actually anyone mm-hmm. that, that works in any kind of business is to take the disc profile. Yeah. Um, have you done it? Yes. I okay. Have. Um, so I've got problems. No, no, <laughs> no they're not problems. <laughs> I've got particular tendencies. I should say. Well, we yeah. all do. Yeah. But it's really, um, I think what would be really important is cause I'll every once in a while about once or twice a year, mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll kind of dig deep into that disc profile yeah. and read it. Because I think, um, and if I had a team, um, I wouldn't assign or give certain tasks to certain people sure. just based on, hey, we need a transaction coordinator or mm-hmm. we need a buyer's agent. It would be very specific what, to what their it, desperate Who's going to thrive in this position? Yes. Who's going to feel fulfilled in this position and love this position? Absolutely. And it's very difficult when you, have, when, you, when you go to hire and you're like, I, you know, I like the person. They have a good personality, so they're going to do good. Well, the job itself doesn't fit doesn't with fit what that. they're doing. So there's a couple interesting p- 
points that, that I wanted to mention. First off is, have you ever have you ever put your hands together and pushed? Have you ever done that? No. Put your hands together. Okay, now take your right hand and push as hard as you can on your left hand. You do it harder. It's hard as you just until you start shaking. It's hard. Okay, okay, okay quit pushing back. Just push as hard as you can. Okay. Okay, now stop. What happened? What did your left hand do? I don't know. Your left hand did not. Your left hand resisted. Oh. Your le- I, I told so this you, one I, came down and this one I actually, came down? I, I, no, I actually told you to stop pushing back and you kept pu- when you push uh. you're going to get so when you said you don't push you get that resistance instantly so when you try to push a client or push a situation or push yourself oftentimes um, you get resistance as opposed to identifying what you want to do having patience and a good plan and th- there's a big difference in that now when you were talking about uh, your disc profile and, and you mentioned being a salesperson so a couple um interesting points on that and one is um we know this is a self a self-discovered thing this isn't like actual okay. like neuroscience or anything it was a self-discovered is we generally are attracted to people for one of two reasons in my experience mm-hmm. it's either because they are like us or we aspire to be like them mm. and somehow we're and this is this seems to hold true somehow we are um, if you're like me, we have something in common. And if I'm a chemically balanced human, then I think that I'm an okay person. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody were to ask you, Nicole, do you think you're honest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you love your family? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you generally pretty kind? Yes. Okay. So I could go on and on and on. Right now. What if you met somebody who kind of acted like you? Oh, well, they're honest, kind, love their family. This is a good person. Because I love me, I must love them. Now all of a sudden we're connected, right? Or the other possibility is there's somebody you want to be like, right? So let's say that you're like that person. And then we, as a, uh, if you're building a team, oftentimes we're going to go hire that person that is similar to us in some way because we have some sort of connection, atta- connection there, right? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's, a, there's a subconscious connection there. And I think it's a huge mistake in hiring a very personable person to sit there and dig through and paperwork. Yes. Yeah, they yeah, it's it's, a, it's like man, just hang me. Like, this is this is uh, <coughs> right. It's, like enough it's, of this. It's hor- it's not. They're not going to do it. Yeah, it, it, or they're, they're not, not going to be able to sustain be it. Yes. Right, they're not going to sustain it, and they're going to feel horrible, and they're going to want to quit. And they will. Yeah, the only way to make only way is if you have somebody who who their determination far outweighs their reservation, right? Yes. So meaning that determination is like, if I have to do this to get to there. I'm doing it. Like that's all there is to it. That's a high right? That's yeah. a very high D. It is a very high D. <laughs> it's a, a very and which driven is, person. Which yeah. works. Yeah. Um, I, w- I did a, last year I took ninja selling. Uh-huh. And so it was, it was the week long. Um, and uh, at the end of our last day, they had to separate in all four corners. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of read out a little bit, you know. Did you actually fight like ninjas at any point? No, we didn't. No, that would have been cool. No bow staffs, no, Chinese stars. No, no. Okay. I'd, have, I'd have gone back. I'd, yeah. have, I'd have taken it again. This <laughs> like I'm taking it twice. I'm doing it. Let's do this. Um, I'm practicing my, my nunchuck skills. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whack myself right in the face. That would have been hilarious. But so we all got in the corners, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of read off, you know, D's, you know, dominant, um, yeah. direct, you know, very, uh, very goal-oriented sure. and driven. Um, I's, your influencer, you know, all mm-hmm. the things, right? Yeah. S and C's. So everyone get D's here, I's here, S's here, and C's here. And everyone, shoop, went, yeah. right? So we had... Um, a pretty good number in D. We yeah. had a lot of people in I. In I, yeah. Right? Um, a lot of people in S. Not as much as I, but a lot of yeah. people in S. And then probably, I'm going to say, equal amount to Ds were Cs. 
Oh, interesting. I know. I, was inter- I thought that was interesting, huh. too. And so I could see how a bunch of eyes would be in real estate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I say that because I'm a 99 eye. You went but like this? And you're like, oh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what was cool is he started, he didn't start with D, right? He started with I, and he started going, okay, well, if this is, like, they got kind of deep into mm-hmm. that I. Um, and so um, there were a couple people. There was one person that left I and went to D. And I thought, well, where are they going? Right? Huh. I'm like, where, where are you going? Like, come back, right? Yeah. And then, so, and then we they, can influence this guy. Let's get him. <laughs> they went around the room, right? Yeah. And there were a couple people that went back and forth between I and S. Hmm. And then one person that went from S to C, but D's did not move. <laughs> and yeah. I thought, oh, like, how great that is because yeah. they are very confident, they are very determined, and they know who they are. Yeah. And they operate their businesses based on that. Yeah. So um, I've got a friend that's real high D. And literally, if I was to give him a list of 100 prospects, right, I need you to call these 100 people, and one person will say yes, mm-hmm. and you will make, you will get a commission, a You're going to make eight, th- yeah, eight, whatever. Yeah, whatever. He's like, done. Uh, and Sweet. He's on it. Yeah, it'll be done by the end of the day. Not a problem. And, and I would, I couldn't. Even if After I After call eight, you're like, you know what? I don't know I where can. this one person is, but I do not want to call 92 no, more people. can I just yeah. sh- just find them, right? Yeah. So I think um, for, I think you had, you had asked earlier, like if a new agent, like yeah. do the disc profile, figure out. Find out where you are. Figure out where you are and then reevaluate it. Go back and look at it over and over and over again throughout your business, before mm-hmm. you do your business plan, all those things. And that's going to change, or I shouldn't say it's yes. going to change. It's it's going to help influence on how you're going to run your business and understand how, yeah. understand why you're doing that. When you go to a class and they say, yes. hey, you need to make this many phone calls, but you're a really high C and you're like, that's not my comfort zone. That's I'm right. very uncomfortable with this. Maybe I could just be a TC or something like that. That's right? right. But you can discover that. That's right. And, and know like what parts of the business, cause it's really difficult for me mm-hmm. cause I'm a 99 I and a 99 S, um, <laughs> is to give away my business. Like to, yeah. to, uh, cause I don't have a transaction coordinator or an executive assistant because I'm like, they hired me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. They didn't hire. So, so I, I, what would your goal be then? Like if you, if in three years, if you could have this or 10 years, or you could have this any way that you wanted. Um, let's go, let, let's meet in the middle. Let's say five years. You could have it any way you wanted in real estate. Mm-hmm. What would it look like for you? I don't know. I, I want to get comfortable. I want to have someone that I can trust mm-hmm. that can do some of the, just the paperwork. Okay. I don't mind the paperwork. Right. I'm, I'm a 72 in C, so yeah. I, I don't yeah. mind that either. Um, I'm a 14 in D. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Which kind of makes sense because, um, like, when I go to a restaurant, yeah. I'll pick three things. Honestly, as long, I'd eat anything yeah. that's that's on the menu, Yeah. right? Um, so I will pick three things, and... And I'll ask the server. I was like, well, I'm thinking about these. What would you? And they're like, oh, they'll tell me. Yeah. I go with what they say <laughs> every single time. And, and and I always thought that was weird because yeah. I'm the only one anywhere we've ever been that yeah, did that, that right? That, yeah. And then whenever I read that disc profile, I thought, oh, there we go. Well, you need so, yeah, and that social proof is actually not abnormal, right? It's yeah. it's like, okay, look, I, I need, I need, it's, it's the same reason that, um, a woman will say, hey, how, how do I look in this? Or yes. what, what about this? Hey, do these shoes go? And they already have their opinion. They either need justification or they need, they need uh, like, oh, shoot, I'm, I misread that one, right? That's right. Whatever it is. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't do that at all. I go to a restaurant. I'm like, I want the burger with this, this, and this. Thank you. That's right. You and know. They're like, well, no, don't you want some of this? Not really, no, but I'd really, I'd really like exactly what I asked for That's is right. what I would really like. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's a couple more interesting questions. Just two more. Okay. Okay. A couple more. The first one is um, if, if you could be a loan officer for a week, you had to, I'm going to rephrase that, you had to be a loan officer for a week. <sighs> Okay. What would you do different than the way you see loan officers do stuff now? Like what would be very important and how, what would you make sure you did? I don't know. Um, what I would do different, your jobs are hard. Yeah, they can be. Yes. They can be. Yeah. So anytime I go under contract, I have, um, on the buy side, I have a letter. I do it for sellers and buyers, but it's like, you just went under contract and it's like, these are your responsibilities. They have three. You need to schedule. Um, I give them a list of home inspectors. So you have to schedule and pay for the home inspection, and this is my availability. You have to drop off the earnest money, right? Do you kind of give them a a to-do list? I give them a to-do list. I manage everything. You don't have to worry about anything. But those three things you have to do, and that third thing is you, you have to provide those documents that the lender requests, and it needs to be done. And it's number 10, right? And I'm like, they're going to ask you for things that they've asked you before, right, Mm -hmm. to get pre-approved. They need it again. They're not asking you to to create busy work for you. Yeah. It's required for them to loan. Yeah. So. uh, And uh, and I think you can uh, write a letter to Congress to change the rules if you don't like it. That's right. You can get a new head of director for the Fannie Mae or something. We'll we'll see how quickly that comes down the pipe, right? So, but I'll happen before closing. Of course, yeah, it's no big big deal. deal. You you can do it. (laughs) Don't worry. I wrote a letter. I don't have to do the bank statements. Don't be mean to them. Yeah, yeah. They are. They can be mean to you guys. It it, it can. So I talked to a loan officer yesterday. Works at another company, and we try to we try to talk to you know, try to, it's kind of like you. It's like you're in competition, but you also, yeah, you, collaborate. You, you, you collaborate. So, um, I was talking to a loan officer yesterday and, and that was being brought up of, um, usually the more challenged borrowers are usually the ones that are the most challenging mm-hmm. to work with. Uh, meaning or need, wealthy. Yeah. 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 I almost, I almost named one. Well, there's a, there's a couple, if you have somebody who's like a high engineering mindset, um, they don't really like the idea that things are on speculation in the beginning. Well, in the beginning, I don't know exactly how much your taxes and your insurance and your title fees, like there's certain things I just don't know in the beginning. Well, I need to know down to the penny and what change, what, Mm. like, well, we're estimating like a lot. Like I can tell you in the state of Colorado, the average closing costs are $3,750. I can tell you that. And you're going to be around that ballpark. Now, where that falls in, I, I don't know. Right, right. I don't exactly know how much mm-hmm. this one this one title fee, this, this one endorsement is going to be. Um, so when they are a higher level, sometimes mentally, the engineering mindset is sometimes difficult to work with. But I also find them refreshing to work with because if they can understand that some of these are okay. estimates, then now we're on a good we're on a good system, right? And no, then I can just keep them updated. No emotion in it. It's, it's a fantastic. very, very yeah. logical It's fantastic. Decision. And and I guess the more challenging borrowers um, being, you know, they're more challenged to get approved. They're more challenging to work with. Uh, not always, mm-hmm. but uh, I will say when we have, like, let's say we help somebody with credit repair, only about maybe 17 to 20% of them do what they're supposed to do in order yeah. to improve their credit. That's so, w- well, it is, but at the same time, you look at it and you're like, well, I didn't make the late payments. I'm giving you really good plan 
to move forward. And if home ownership is really your target, so we, I, I, I told the girl yesterday, he's like, everybody can buy a house, just not everybody can buy a house today. Mm-hmm. So if you want to buy a house, I will go down this journey with you. I will help you every step of the way, but you have to pull your weight. Right. You, you're going to have to do these credit plans and I can't do them for you, but I'm going to help guide you the whole way. And so when I was talking to this lady and she was telling me that, uh, sh- that she has challenging borrowers and they're generally mean to her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you have, there's, there's a line that you have, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that line is like, I'm, I'm here working as a professional and being commission based. I make exactly zero until your loan closes and funds and is shipped off to the investor. Right. right. I'm not even getting paid like today, right? Like I'm going to get paid later. So because of that, like I'm doing everything I can to help you, everything we can. But I will say that as a loan officer, I find it very refreshing because what I can do different than a real estate agent is I can go more engineering mindset and I can say, here's the situation and let people know on the other the other thing you need to understand is these are Fannie Mae rules, VA rules, FHA right. rules. They are what they are. I'm never going to ask you for anything. I don't absolutely need the underwriter. If we turn in one thing, it might spark another condition. Mm-hmm. Your pay stub may have variable income on it that wasn't on there before. Now we're going to have to address that. So you need to understand that I am your advocate. I am here to work for you on your side. I don't work for the underwriter. You and I are on a team together. We're going to get through that. Mm-hmm. You don't be mean to me about it. I'm going to help fight that. I fought this fight thousands of times. That's I got right. you. You just stick with me and we're, we'll get through it. You know, you can complain a little bit. And I'm okay with that, but let's keep it in check, right? And that's something I think, too, that, um, again, you know, looking at this industry and, and what we do as a big picture yeah. um, is if I don't do my job, mm-hmm. nobody gets paid. <laughs> yeah. If I don't do my job well, yeah, no one gets paid. Yeah, so which is wh- where you know that collaboration kind of mm-hmm. comes in. So um, when once we're under contract, we're all holding hands. Yeah, like le- and and the goal is all the same for every single person yep. in that transaction: buyer, seller, listing agent, buyers. Every agent. single person has the same goal. Every person has the same goal. Yeah, so no, there's, there's not one person there is like, man, I'm going to screw this thing up. No, no, you're wasting your time and everybody else's That's time. That's right, but yeah. egos get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, don't let your ego. I mean, people yeah. let egos get in the way. And I'm like, don't do that. Well, Tony Robbins <laughs> says EGO edging God out. Yes. It's making it all about you. Yeah, it's right? not. It's yeah. not about you at all. Yeah. Right. And I feel that when people kind of boast and they kind of like fluff mm-hmm. up or whatever, they're just scared. Yeah. Right. And that's when those engineer clients, right, they don't put emotion in it. Yeah. So they just, Shoop, this is, that's the goal. Like, this is what yeah. we're going to do. Right. But, a real estate transaction is about 99.9% emotional. It is. And that's where I think the real estate agent has it more difficult. As a loan officer, I find it refreshing oftentimes that I can be very factual mm-hmm. because it is, at the end of the day, I'm dealing with data. That's it. Like, like literally, I'm reading regulation handbooks and I'm working with underwriters. It's just data. Whereas I'm not trying to make sure that little Johnny has the right color of bedroom and the sun comes up in the north or in the, in the west window in the morning for breakfast and, and it's the neighborhood and I want a cul-de-sac and holy cow, <laughs> you guys have your hands full. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. But I think um, you want what you want, right? Yeah. And you have, you know, especially for, for those that are looking for that forever home. Like yeah. they've, they've saved and they've, 
you know, worked mm-hmm. hard and they're going to buy a house. Like I, I had a client that I spoke with day before yesterday and, um, they, they are currently homeowners, so this will be their second home purchase, but they're mm-hmm. young. They're 26 years old. Wow. 26 and 27. And they were like 700. And I was like, do you really need to spend that much money? Like, yeah. you know, like, but again, it's not my, my yeah. not my place. It's theirs. She goes, well, I want to just go ahead and get in that forever home. Hmm. And I was like, let's. You're like, 26. A lot of crap's going to change. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what, is. but it's going to change. And I think with those, with, with, with young clients, young buyers, they're kind of wanting what their parents have. Yeah. Well, shoot. It took a lot Took them 27 years to get there, yeah. To get there. So I think probably one of the biggest parts of my job is to help educate God, but to help manage. Yeah. You know, helping to, I don't want to squash anybody's dreams, but let's manage that. Let's talk about what this is going to look like. Yeah. So I, shocking enough, I talk a lot. Um, but um, I think they need that kind of, that soundboard, right? Um, and I don't know, a lot of my clients probably do look at me kind of like in a maternal, um, you know, in a yeah. maternal way. But I don't have, I think sometimes they can feel a little bit more comfortable um, talking to me about certain things, you know, because I don't have, um, I really don't. I mean, it may seem like it because I do have a commission that comes at the end, but I don't, I don't have an agenda. Right. Like my agenda is to help. Agenda is to help. Well, and I think when you deal with a 27 year old buying their second house at $700,000 and you also have a 26 year old child yes, and you're like, I would not tell my kid to buy a $700,000 house right now. Right. Like, I'm going to tell them to buy a townhome. And right. So I <laughs> probably shouldn't say this. I probably shouldn't say this on, uh, on, on the radio, but um, I take my realtor hat off a lot. Yeah. And I tell them that. I'm like, look, you're going to ask me questions, specifically if they're not yeah. familiar with the area, that I'm not legally allowed to say. Mm-hmm. So um, when I say this, yeah. Or when I say, I'm going to take my realtor hat off for a minute. Yeah. I am literally talking to you as Nicole, and I am not, yeah. you know, a representative well, it's, it's, for you. It's interesting, though, that there would be limitations on what you can and can't talk about. I find that very interesting. Um, I, I one time read a list of prohibited words on the MLS. It was shocking. It like, shocking. you can't, uh, like, mind-boggling. Like, you can't say... Um, Mosque. You can't say, um, the, like in the description, right? You can't, in the yes. description, you can't say um, temple. You can't say, and there's some other individual words, um, demographic type words, um, astute, some, you, you know what I mean? Uh, it was bizarre. And it was like a laundry list of stuff. I'm like, this is crazy. This and the is different protected classes that we have in the state and each you know, uh, yeah. each county has even more. So we have to be very careful about what we say, right? I'm you are not, human. You will like house. Come visit. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> like you know, that. like I had I had a, um, a client that was coming from Arkansas, and it's a different market than Arkansas. And yeah. he was like, oh, my God. Like he was really shocked. And he found this one home that he just absolutely loved. It was a bright, shiny penny. It had mm-hmm. been completely renovated. Um, and... Um, he's like, oh, let's do it. Like, I want to write an offer. And it was a little bit later in the evening. And I said, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to have dinner with my family. He's like, can you go ahead and start writing? I'm like, yes, I'll go ahead and start writing. Yeah. But I want you to come back about 930. 
And he looked at me and said, why would I come back here about 9.30? And I said, I want you to come back here. I want you to to, to drive the neighborhood. I was going to hang out in the neighborhood for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to take a right. I want you to come out of the neighborhood, take a right. I want you to stop off at that come and go. Yeah. Right? And and then I want you to call me when you're done. And he's like, why would I is do that? Is it all still good or is it not good? And yeah. I was like, it just looks different at night. Yeah. And he called me probably like at 935. Yeah. It was like, Nicole, stop writing. You don't do need not to. Write the and I was like, yeah. baby, I didn't even do it. Right? Like, <laughs> I, didn't even, I, didn't, I didn't even start it. I didn't even start. <laughs> now I can get it done quickly for you, yeah. right? But, um, or I'll say, you know, you're going to need to lock your car in between getting groceries. Yeah. Yeah. We all have that no matter where. Yeah. You're at, I mean, the little tiny... 8th Street Walmart, I do not like to go to. It has nothing to do with uh, humans in, in, in general. It's the fact that um, when I go there, um, I think I'm going to get stabbed and murdered, and uh, it's very uncomfortable for me. Yes. And plus, I generally hate Walmart, but... And uh, they brought the Broncos, so I guess I can't hate Walmart. I yeah, can't hate the Broncos. I can't hate Walmart too much. The, the more you shop at Walmart, the more we will spend on a quarterback. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah, go ahead and shop. So it, you know, those are the those are the kind of the things yeah. that um, we're not supposed to do. But that's interesting, though, right? That's, but yeah. Why is that is that like a NAR code of ethics thing? Yes. Is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot, and I understand they're trying to make a. They want to make a fair playing field for everybody. Um, I just, I just find some of those to be a little bit ridiculous. Like, what if you are next to a mosque? Like, I can't say like good view of the top of a brass domed mosque, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to say that. That's kind of, it's kind of strange. We're, we're not. Yeah. We're supposed to say, you know, they're supposed to just do that due diligence for themselves. But most people don't. Maybe, maybe instead of going after demographic, what you do is you just put the year make and model of every vehicle within like a quarter mile radius of the, <laughs> of the house. They're like, well, like there's a whole lot of 1978 Chevy Novas on cinder blocks. Yeah. Just so you know, or Hey, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, nice cars in the neighborhood, yeah. something like that. So I got one more question for you. Um, and I know we're, we're we've, we've kind of hit the hour here. So um, I'm going to ask a question that, that I want you to think about for a second. Let me know what you think. Okay. And you can be as honest as you want to be. Okay. So I can be dishonest. You can, I can lie. You you can, but it serves nobody. Okay. So, Sweet. So, Hit me. Um, what should you be doing right now in real estate that you know you should be doing that you just don't do? And why don't you do it? I don't lead Jen. You don't lead Jen? Mm-mm. Why not? And I know how we to We talked do about it. it a little bit, right? Yeah. We, t- we, we talked about social media. Yes. So outside of that, why do you not do any lead Jen? Um. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say that because I have at times, um, I paid for three months. Um, um, oh, and I can't even remember the website. Um, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you did some paid stuff. I did. I right. did in the beginning of my career. And so I um, got one client. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, I think he was working with four agents. Um, he was looking at some properties oh, wow. up in the mountains too as well. Yeah. Um, and I've done three transactions with him. Oh, so uh, it was so a good use of, good, good use of, good, good use of my time. Right. Okay, so yeah. I should, I should probably should probably keep doing that. Keep yeah. doing that. Right. Um, but, um, I don't lead in, um, and I know that I should. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's how I, that's how you generate business. I want to do it more organically. Yeah. Um, well, I, that's what, that's what you're doing right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, to me, I'd rather take my time and focus on m- my clients or mm-hmm. my past clients and just serve them. And then t- to me, honestly, cause you talked about five mm-hmm. years in five years, if I'm not able 
to maintain or grow my business, it's because I'm not good enough. Yeah. Okay. And I don't need to be doing it at that point. Gotcha. So, so let me, let me, let me go a little bit further on that then. So, um, outside of lead gen, uh, part of lead gen in my, this is my opinion, right? Is, well, maybe it's a fact. I don't know. Um, part of lead gen is staying in contact with past clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you do that? Do you have a plan for that? I, I don't. Okay. Um, well, and that's, that's I, actually not, that's actually not abnormal. It's totally yeah. normal. That's, and, and we should, I mean, w- well, you we generate a lot of business now. And yes. so, and so by doing what you're doing now, it's working, but as market shifts happen and do you have a plan to, you know, to even just to even continue to take care of the people that you do work with right now. Yes. Um, so I'll give you an example is every Wednesday in our office, it's database Wednesdays. You call two letters of the alphabet, meaning if your last name starts with an A or B, I call you this week. If your last name starts with a C or D, I call you next week. By doing that, you touch your entire database four times a year. And these are just past clients. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sally, just checking in, seeing how you're doing. Maybe send them something. Maybe you just call whatever it is and then call them on their birthday or shoot them a text. Don't mention anything about real estate. Mm-hmm. That, that's a huge mistake that people make. Oh, by the way, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell real estate, please give me a call, right? Oh, it, right. Look, yeah. you're calling to wish me a happy birthday. This is about you or it's about me. So don't right. tell me you. what I want to hear is, hey, Nicole, happy birthday. Just want to tell you, have a good one. Hope you have a great day. Yes. That's all I want to hear. Now all of a sudden we're friends. That's right. And who am I going to call when I want to do real estate? My friend or somebody who can get me $50 off the price of a listing? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to call my friend. And I know that they're going to do everything they can to get me the best deal. And I'm going to call my friend. Um, and I think just having that that consistent follow-up. So if you named one thing that you w- think you should be doing, that you know you're not doing, it would be lead gen slash um, d- database maintenance. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I think with that database, I, I guess the reason I don't do it, because mm-hmm. uh, I know, yeah. you know, I know I well, should. Er, er, there's 5,000 agents in town and not many do it. Yeah. Um, is I, I don't want it to be, um, because there's several agents in our office that help that yeah. help guide and say, hey, look, this this process works. Yeah. They have VIPs. You know, yeah. they, they do events for those that refer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it works. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic to me. Yeah. Um, now, but I'm young in my business too. Yeah. Like, um, and I counted the other day, I've, I've helped 58 families. So that's got, fantastic I've in got, that time period. Yeah. I've got 58. So I can manage that mm-hmm. with 58. Now, yeah. once I get to like a hundred or 300 or, or three, yeah, like yeah. then I'm going to have to really dig. I mean, I have yeah. had a CMA for two years and I haven't put a person in it. Yeah. Like, so that's not <laughs> helpful, right? Um, and but, I, that, but, that, but that is typical as well, right? Yes. That, and that's, and that's, your, that's your low D talking right there of um, I'm going to make the call and we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to move on. Bam, 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 bam. Yes. I'm going to get out and hit it, right? Um, but that CRM, uh, I would say that I, have, I am on a lot of different agents' CRMs. And I will tell you that I receive some of the worst uh, communications? Horrible, horrible communications. Like is the it automated? Automated stuff. The oh. emails I get, the the text messages, and you're just like, it's just, it brings no value to me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my recommendation to every agent that I would talk to about this is make sure you're bringing value to your clients. Mm-hmm. Don't pick up the phone and call without, be, like, call your clients in 
say, March and let them know that they're going to be getting a tax bill or send them a, vi- a bomb bomb video or something like that. You've, you're adding value. And, hey, my name's Nicole. You know, we, we closed a while back. Call me when you get this and let me help you figure out if it's an accurate value on your odd years, right? Th- there's different things you can do to add value to all your clients throughout the year. Just calling and especially asking for business. Now, I don't, I have, I'm not opposed to asking for business, mm-hmm. but without adding value, I think it's a take and not a give. And it's, it's, if you can add value though, and it's going to be a mindset, if you can add value, you now have a reason to call and you want to share that value. And, and, but like we had mentioned before, I save somebody $300 a month. They don't see the value. I save somebody $32 a month and they're like, oh my gosh, you're like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? That right? 32 mattered. It did. It did. And then that $32 it, mattered. And that, the that is where we take ourselves out and say, I'm going to add the value and it's not going to be right for everybody at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be, I'm still going to keep adding the value. Mm-hmm. So if you, if, if, and when, I should say when you start implementing your, uh, your CRM stuff, um, just make sure you're adding value. Mm-hmm. Just, just add that value constantly. You know, I, I had a text yesterday from a client cause, um, you know, with the, with the tax adjustments, we, we knew yeah. it was going to, yeah, we yeah. knew it was going to be difficult. Um, it was the only one. Um, so I, I sent out and that's what I try to do yeah, yeah. is if I'm going to reach out all together, like when we had hail, yeah. um, I got, um, there's a roofing company that I've worked with before and they mm-hmm. was, I was actually on vacation yeah. uh, um, and I was on a cruise and I'm, I'm in the more, Caribbean. I heard there was golf balls. I, know. <laughs> I heard you were and in then, a war zone. And then my husband showed me like his hand of like all the different sites, you know, yeah, you're like, hail. And so, um, and I got that 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 email. So I emailed all my clients. I just forward. I started with A and worked my way down, right? Yeah. Um, and just forwarded, say, hey, look, if you got hail in the area, don't mm-hmm. call your insurance company first. Call a roofer, yeah. right? And if any roofer um, wants to charge before they get up on the roof, they are not allowed up on your roof, right? Yeah. Um, and if you can't reach this one, call me um, or text me, and I'll send all the others. So I like to do things like well, that. Well, so you are adding value, and you are staying in front of your database. Uh, you're just... I'm not systematic. It's not systematic, but yeah. at the same time, even if it was like, hey, once a quarter, I'm sending something out to my entire database. Yeah. That's at least staying in front of them. Um, I would I would suggest even making it a little bit more personal. Have you ever have you ever used BombBomb or anything mm-hmm. like that? So by yeah. doing that, then it's it is like, hey, uh, don't take a picture of yourself on the cruise. Hey, you have hail. No. Instead, it's just hey, uh, you know, there's a lot of hail, and here's the here's the three steps. Send them a 90 second video, and. Just, so you are you actually are adding value. You are database maintenance. You're just again not not exactly systematic. Um, I'm going to say one last thing here, just because it made me think of it. Um, did you see the cruise? Uh, that's I think they're going out next year, where you yes. will live on the cruise for, for a year. Three years. Oh, for three years, right? It's three three years. years. It's like was it? It's like a hundred grand a year or fifty grand a year or something like that. Um, one of the so this was a we took an education tour. Um, so. Um, um, my daughter, a year and a half ago, hmm. um, had an opportunity. They're, uh, usually their junior year. Yeah. They have this education tour. It's called EF Tours. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when she came home and she said, there's this opportunity to take this you know, two-week um, tour, can I go? Um, I was like, uh, where is it? And she said, Greece. And I'm like, absolutely. You have, you have to go. That would be amazing. I know. It really was. Um, and then um, I said, well, it's always been that I don't have – 
anything on my bucket list. Like, yeah. because once it's there, I've got to do it. Yeah. If I say I'm going to do something. It's there. It's there. That's what, And that's exactly why you didn't write down your goal. Yes. And that's exactly why you have not committed to uh, your, your full database CRM Absolutely. marketing. Okay. But as soon as you do it, then it's done. That's right. Okay. And then I have to do it. That's, that's good. But so I told her that Greece was on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And um, so then she said, well, do you want to go with me? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, can no, your dad I would hate to intrude. Oh, when do we leave? <laughs> right. Um, and then I was like, can your dad go? And she goes, no. <laughs> she, I think so she kind of wanted trip, it yeah. to be more of a girl's trip than, yeah. than, than a family trip. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, but those bucket list things, right. Yeah. Um, that we, that we all kind of strive mm-hmm. for. Um, part of that, um, my business is part of that. I have stuff on my bucket list for my business, but I don't write it down because then I gets have to. too real. It gets too real. And it's not that I don't think that I can, cause yeah. I know I can, but then I kind of get blinders. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted Hannah to be, so she just graduated from mm-hmm. high school. So once she's, um, once she's in college, it's game on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and, um, something else that, um, I've heard several people talk yeah. about, cause especially whether it's lenders or anyone in mm-hmm. this industry, we're all being impacted significantly yeah. impacted by um, not just, I mean, rates impact sellers too. Sure. Like yeah. sellers aren't going to sell their home at a, you know, below they're at a three percent and they're going to go get a, they're going to go to six and a half. They yeah. will, but only if they need to or have yeah. to. Right. So it's just, everything's kind of, which is why we haven't seen a drop in prices yeah. because we still have low and reduced inventory. So, you know, all these things are impacting all of us, mm-hmm. right. Title companies, like everybody yeah. is being impacted, not just those buyers and sellers. So I think something that I would encourage anyone that's listening to yeah. do is, you know, we do a very good job of managing our expectations for our clients. Yeah. If we're selling, if we're helping a seller, we're like, hey, this is what you can expect. This mm-hmm. is the average showings before we go under contract. Yeah. And, you know, these are how many showings in your price point, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Buyers, hey, this is this is the I- limited inventory. Like, this is priced very well, so it's going to go quickly, so we need to go see it today. Yeah. What we don't do is kind of do that grace and that self-talk to ourselves oh we don't yeah i mean we're just like hey we're going we're used to like like last year i had a goal i wanted to help 20 families yeah i helped 19 right and i was butthurt <laughs> by that <laughs> one. i was sitting there thinking that's fantastic but you're like well i said 20 you don't understand universe i said I 20 no right um and and i set 20 even though it was less than what i'd done the year before yeah like significantly less than but i i because i follow miss b yeah. and i and i kind of keep my you know my ear to the grind on on our economy like i'm like it's going to be a different year yeah Right, I didn't have to watch Brian yep. Buffini, although he was dead on, um, dead dead on. Right? Yeah, he is a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple times. But anytime, anytime he's not on, then I I just say, ah, who could have guessed, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. We <laughs> give him a lot of grace. Yeah. Um, so, but that one, I was so upset about. Yeah. And I terminated. I terminated on the twenty eighth of December, so I could have had my goal, right? But I helped nineteen. Hmm. Instead of focusing, which is why sometimes I don't like to necessarily be so goal-oriented, yeah. because then it's about the thing, it not is. about the process, yeah. right? So it's different for all yeah. of us. Don't, like, we all, because we're competitive, like yeah. we are, we do have those goals that we set for ourselves, whether we say them out loud or not. But it it we really do need to do a better job of giving ourselves grace and some understanding and set our own expectations, like, 
hey, the very beginning of this year was pretty good for me. And I haven't, June and July is dry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I don't know what the rest of the year is going to look like. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay, yeah. Because it's that's not hard, 2021. Hard, it's hard to tell yourself that. Yes. Uh, and especially when you work in an industry that is 100%, uh, every training is goal. Every tra- every training you go to is like, what's your goal? How many are you going to do this year? How many? Fa- and they always say, but they say it in a different way. How many families are you going to help this year? Yes. How many families are you going to help? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to help 18 families. I'm going to help 52 families. I'm going to help, you know, 10 families, whatever it is. And then you have in your head, okay, well, I'm helping these families and I got to go do it. So it is very goal. Everything we're trained on is basically goal-based and how to achieve that goal, which then it it does take, it's weird because it does take um, a lot of the fun out of doing real estate. But for the right person, they have to have that because they get easily distracted. Those high Ds? Yeah. Goal done, do it, yeah. and they're going to right. So I, I had this was in 2021. I, I had a lender that c- called me, and um, I guess it was in September, um, and said I am close to my quarterly goal. And I was like, how much do you need, right? I'm like, oh, wait, come Let's on, we can do this, yeah. right? And we had, we had, t- I had two buyers that he had referred me, mm-hmm. and so um, he needed, I think it was 180, like 250. Yeah. I'm like, done. I got you. Right. Yeah. So that was in, uh, that was in October. So I closed six in November and six in December. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Which sounds fantastic, but I didn't enjoy it mm. because it wasn't about them. Yeah. It was about helping him. So I can be goal oriented when it's drive, 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 drive. Yeah, yeah. but it changed how I served. Yeah. So this year my goal was joy. Oh, interesting. I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing, and I'm going to help families, but I'm going to enjoy the process. Yes, but that's still hard to do because we still are. We're hard on ourselves. We're hard on ourselves. So um, if that was anything that I could help share with either any other real estate agents or anyone in this industry, give yourself some grace. Yeah, that's. We need it. I might, I might be needing to hear this message. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's Maybe that's why you're on here to tell me this one thing. Right? It's hard because business owners don't get into the business to kind of, uh, kind of do it. No. We get in the business to be successful, and and and, yeah. and we are goal oriented and driven. Yeah. And, it, and it can be it can be a hindrance as much as a help, right? Depending on how it's how it's done. Sure. Well, I really appreciate you being on here. Absolutely. Really appreciate you being part of the part of the show, and I uh, would like you to come back anytime you'd like. Okay. Had a great conversation with you. That wraps up another episode of Cut to the Chase here with Nicole Strom and Tim Chase. And give us a call. Let us know how we can help you achieve any of your real estate dreams. That wraps up another episode of Agent Success Podcast. Remember, you can find new episodes each week at agentsuccesspodcast.com. We hope you found the insights and best practices shared today truly valuable. And if you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, your success is a journey of learning and improvement. So let's keep hustling, thriving, and learning. Until next week, this is Tim Chase.